in today's show. We're recapping all of Tuesday's action across the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We're going to talk about the action on Tuesday, but just a quick thing that I think we need to talk about here because news has come out that George Hill is having surgery on his thumb. And he is going to be out for the next four weeks, meaning Teo Maladon is a name that we all need to pay attention to. I think, much like when I talked about Cole Anthony a few weeks ago, that you add him, give him two weeks, and let's see how it goes as a starting point guard. I think that he will remain the starting point guard, even when Hill returns, but some of that's going to be to do with how he plays in this little stretch. Now, he is not taking any um, mid-rangers, Thanks to Jacob Morgenstern finding these numbers. 3.3% of his shots are long twos. He gets to the rim 18% of the time. He's shooting 56% overall as a starter. That's probably going to come down. His usage has dropped as a starter as well, which can help him focus, I guess, on passing and more efficiency. But there is some value in him. His per 36 numbers, he's averaging 12, 4.5 and 4.5 with a steal and 41% from the field, 37% from three. There is a lot of room for him to get better here. Now, is he going to be a top 50 player? I have significant doubts about that. But this is a guy who's obviously played in professional leagues over in Europe and now has an opportunity to develop at a whatever his pace is as the starting point guard for the Oklahoma City Thunder for at least the next four weeks. And I would guess probably for the rest of the season. I think your best case scenario, he can be the 140th ranked player. Um, Try again. Best case scenario, I think he can be like the 90th ranked player. I think median production, we're looking at the 140th best guy, but that's fine. Finding point guards off the wire who might give you 13 points, 5 assists, and 1.3 steals. Like, it's not particularly easy to do. So I think Maladon is someone that we take a look at and we add him and then we figure out where that's all going from there. Let's now have a look at some games from Tuesday. The first game that we take a look at was, um, if my screen would ever update, it was the Toronto Raptors beating the Orlando Magic pretty comfortably, 123-108. Let's talk about the big fella. And there's a new rule instituted here on this podcast. If you ever tweet at me, YouTube comment me, YouTube chat me a question about this man and spell his name as Fred Van Vliet, you will not get answered. Fred Van Vliet, very straightforward, especially when he's commonly abbreviated as FVV, Fred Van Vliet was ridiculous. 78 fantasy points, 54 real life points, set a Raptors record, 11 triples, Three rebounds, two assists, but also three steals, three blocks, 
Nine of nine from the field, from the line, 74% from the field. He's the 18th ranked player this year. He is the Raptors' best fantasy player by a considerable margin. He's 31st in points leagues this year. I was taking him at the end of the second round, in the third round sometimes. His ADP was at 45. It was absolute bullshit at that time. <clears throat> now, he's going to be inconsistent. In fact, just in the last game he played, he was pretty poor. And I believe I said that on this podcast or I wrote somewhere. This was what happens with Van Vliet. He'll have this shit game, and then he'll go out and blow up. Well, he blew up, all right. Norm pa- Value him properly. He is a top 25 player. Norm Powell. Loves starting. 29 minutes, 23 points, 4 triples, 4 steals, 47%, 5 of 5 from the from the line. I would sell high as much as I can. There is no OG Ananobi. But what about Scarf? OG. Stop OG. Uh, you better stop OG. And likely, pff, likely, Ananobi is going to start back over Powell. And when Powell goes to the bench, he plays shit house. And he's not even a roster or player. But for now, he's killing it. Grab him, trade him, enjoy it. Lowry had 14, 10, and 10, a triple-double, while Pascal Siakam, not that great. 12 points, but the eight assists are nice out of position. And and, uh, let's talk about the wiki. The wiki. Again, if you're going to come at me with questions about Boucher, spell the nickname right, W-I-C-K-Y, wiki. (sighs) Um, We sort of knew it wouldn't be good. 19 minutes, 7 and 5. The 9.5% usage is pretty confusing. He's outside the top 150 over the last two weeks. The uh, Vucevic matchup was not good. We saw that last time. We knew it was going to be not good. Now, the next matchup is against Jeff Green and the Nets, and then it's Clint Capella and the Hawks. So the minutes should push back up there. I repeat, I am not dropping Chris... I'm not even repeating it because I haven't said it yet, but I am not dropping Chris Boucher. I'm not dropping him. The frustration is real, and you know that I... I say I predicted this, but it's something I talked about a lot. That Nick Nurse doesn't trust him. Calm your farm. And you know, I, I made a mistake with Boucher because after about two, three weeks of him playing 30 minutes a night or whatever it was, I went, all right, I guess I'm wrong. Boucher is trusted by Nurse, and he'll play 29 minutes a night. And I adjusted his projections on Basketball Monster to be like a top 25 player. I think at that point, he was like the 15th best player. I should have just stuck with my instincts on it and go, well, Nurse doesn't trust him long-term. Not a drop, but it's rough. Baines played 32 minutes, had four points and five rebounds. He's only a deeper league ad, but he's definitely playing at a higher level than what he was to begin this season. Next, we look at the Magic. Vooch had 21 and 18, a big night there, and another strong Cole Anthony night. Remember, there was no Aaron Gordon. It didn't really bump uh, Cole Anthony's assist numbers. He only had two. But 16 and 7 on 58% shooting, this dude must be rostered in all leagues. All 12s, probably all uh, 10-teamers at this point as well. James Ennis had 10 points in 19 minutes, while Dwayne Bacon had 15 in 21 minutes. I'll tell you who the best out of that group is. It's Trimra Kiki, who returned from his absence, played 18 minutes, had some foul trouble. 10 points on five shots with two threes, three assists, and a steal. Now, he is the bloke that when his conditioning is up, they should be starting him at power forward, not Gary Clark, and seeing what Schumer can do. I'm not adding him outside of, say, 16 teamers, but he was impressive. Ken Birch was a stinker, six points in 15 minutes, while Gary Clark predictably did nothing. Had a triple one in 25 minutes, but only the three points there for him. It's been tough, man. I'm, I'm struggling at the moment. I have no energy. 
because I've been coughing my bloody lungs out of my mouth every day. But the holidays are behind us. And now we can start to catch up on much needed sleep. I know I'm taking advantage of having nothing to do at night. I am sleeping so much. Getting a good night's sleep is much easier said than done though. And our good friends at CBDMD have exactly what you need to sleep harder than NBA media is sleeping on DeAndre Hunter. Yeah? CBD PM blends 500 milligrams of high quality CBD with melatonin, valerian root, chamomile, and other sleep promoting ingredients to create a powerful and effective sleep aid. I have a question for those of you in the States. Considering you guys are stuck back in 1960 and you don't use metric measurements, on your drugs, does it say like 500 milligrams or does it say, you know, 16 ounces and three pudules or whatever bullshit system you use? Or do you use proper um, numbers? Let me know. If you want to relax a little bit before bed, then new CBD bath salts fuse superior CBD with Epsom, deep sea and Himalayan salts to turn any bath into a luxury experience and are available in lavender or eucalyptus scents as well as soothing nighttime blend with melatonin and calming herbs. Make it even easier to get your year started off right CBDMD is offering all of our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's cbdmd.com. The promo code is NBA for 20% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. We're covering everything you need to know about fantasy basketball here, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. Let's move on now to the next game, the second of the day, the Cleveland, why do I say Cleveland? The LA Clippers, they fall to the Brooklyn Nets, 120 to 124. Kawhi played 39 minutes. I'm a fun guy. (laughs) 33 points, five rebounds, five assists, four steals and two blocks. Just awesome stuff. Paul George had 26, 4, and 6 with three threes and two steals in 36 minutes. And Nick Batum, who had a 25 minutes limit allegedly, played 38 minutes. 21 points and five triples. He has been amazing this year. Must roster 12-team league guy somehow. Well, it was a good game from Marcus Morris, 16 points in 31 minutes, and it was a turd from Reggie Jackson. Now, I'm still holding Reggie Jackson in 12-teamers while Patrick Beverly's out. 9-5-4 and four with two steals. Abaka had just 21 minutes of action, 10 boards and two blocks. Not his best night. I still think he is a 12-team guy barely, while Zubats struggled. And Zubats is rostered in far too many 12-team leagues. He had two points in 16 minutes. For the Nets, Kyrie Irving, 37 minutes, 39.6 triples. He was unbelievable. He's the seventh-ranked player this year. He had 56 fantasy points. James Harden, I reckon he's figured it out. He's the fifth-ranked player this year. He had 23, 11, and 14. He had 57 fantasy points and shot 47% from the field, while Kevin Durant had 28, 9, and shot just a lazy 85% from the field. He's the number two-ranked player in category leagues, and he had 37 fantasy points here. Big numbers. They benched DeAndre Jordan, rightfully so. He played 16 minutes and had 7-6. and six. He is not a must-roster player. Jeff Green started at center. My name is Jeff. Not a great night, just 7 points. But over the last two weeks, he is the 73rd-ranked player, and he's getting 30-plus minutes a night. He does have some 12-team value, while Joe Harris had 13 points in 35 minutes and added three triples. He has been on an absolute three-point shooting tear of late. And, uh, and did it there with a, with a pretty nice performance uh, from Smoke and Joe Harris. All right, let's get on to the next game now. It is the Portland Trailblazers beating the Washington Wizards 
132-121. Pretty disappointing stuff from the Wizards after that big win against the Nets. The Blazers get a much-needed victory. 40 minutes for Gary Trent. 26 points with seven triples. He had two steals in about the first two minutes of this game. Had no more. Um, we know that when Trent gets hot, like he gets real hot, 78% shooting from three, it's not something that always continues. And he'll have these rough games. But for now, he's a 12-team league ad, and let's just see where it goes. Lillard had 32 points with eight assists. And Bob Covington, guys... Robert Covington, he's around, he's alive, he's, he made it. 37 minutes, 19 points with five triples and nine rebounds. Just one steal and zero blocks, so no defensive numbers. So I wouldn't say that all of his uh, ills are cured, but that's awesome stuff to see him you know, give, provide us some value. I think he's a 12-team hold, obviously. 14 and 15 for Cantor in 36 minutes, while with no McCullum Nurkic and then no Derek Jones or Nasir Little, Rodney Hood started and played 35 minutes. Rocket had, uh, actually the highway, had 15 points with three triples. He's not a 12-team league ad. While Mallow had 21 points in 26 minutes. He didn't do too much else. I think Carmelo's just a streamer at this stage for 12-team value for the points category. Not much else. And honestly, he shouldn't be playing as much as he is. I guess it didn't help that Anthony Simons was allegedly limited by a hamstring issue. He'd been playing quite well, but only had three points in 14 minutes here after the game. Stott said he was limited due to a phantom hamstring injury that nobody had heard anything about. The Russell Westbrook-led Wizards had uh, a disappointing end. Triple-double for us, 17, 12, and 10. Shot the ball okay, but you know this resurgence that he had against the Nets, all of you haters, your apology needs to be as loud as the criticism. Really? Really? Like He was fine. Um, find the rust stand in your league, unless you are the rust stand. If you don't find a rust stand in your league, then I'm sorry to break it to you. That's you. Um, trade him. Find, get some top 30 value back. I do not believe in him as a top 30 player long-term. Now, in a points league, it is a little bit different. He's the 15th-ranked player in points leagues. No reason he can't continue to be in that 10 to 20 range in points leagues because efficiency doesn't give a shit in points leagues. It doesn't matter. Um, but in category leagues, it's, it's just rough having him. Brad Beal, 37 usage in 38 minutes, 37 points, six triples, four assists, and a block. Really good numbers. The free throws were a bit off here for Beal, just three of five. And the usage has started to come down as anticipated. And again, if you find the Rui Hachimura stand in your league, because Rui was big here, 24 points in 34 minutes. He shot 83%, which has absolutely zero chance of sticking. He was a minus 11, and he had five rebounds, one assist, zero steals, and one block. He is not a 12-team league player. It was actually a pretty rough night for the blokes that I hate on, uh, for me anyway, because I had some good games. We'll talk about another one later on. Good game from Rui. Great. Can't deny that. 34 fantasy points, pretty good production. Um, but he is not a must-roster guy. In a points league, I can understand. You have him in a 12-er, you hold him, and you see where it goes. Denny Avdia had 13-7 and seven in 23 minutes. I think Avdia will have a bigger game on Wednesday because Westbrook will be out. He is more of a 16-team league player. He is not a 12-team league guy, and in points leagues, he's worse than category leagues. It was still a good all-round production level from Avdia here, but nothing that needs me to roster him. 83% shootings, the tell. Ish Smith, nine assists, two steals. If you don't have TJ McConnell to provide assists and steals, maybe Smith can be that guy. And with Neto and Westbrook not playing Wednesday, Smith's going to have a big opportunity. So he's a good streamer. Garrison Matthews had 11 points in 15 minutes, while the three-headed... Now, I wrote this on Basketball Monster. I was going to call him the three-headed monster at center, but it's not a monster. It's like a, it's like a soggy sock. The three-headed sock 
of Alex Len, Mo Wagner, and Robin Lopez combined to do nothing. 13 minutes for Lopez. People were adding him in 12-team leagues. Like, actually, not even ironically, they were actually adding him as a good player. He's not. Two points in 13 minutes. Wagner, he's the best option out of that group, but he played only 17 minutes, six points. And if he's going to play 17 minutes and Scott Brooks is going to fumble his way through a three-center rotation, then Wagner is not a 12-team league guy. And then Alex Len chimed in for eight completely unnecessary minutes with two points. Now, to be fair to Brooks, which I haven't been, but to be fair to him here, uh, Len was a plus 13, while the other two were minus six for Wagner and minus 14 for Lopez. But you're not winning shit anyway. Let's just see if Wagner can do anything. But then again, I forget this dickhead franchise declined his rookie option. Oh, man. Davis Bertans. Let's talk about the elephant in the room because he is terrible. Six points in 30 minutes. He's the 271st ranked player in category leagues. He had six fantasy points. He's the 223rd ranked player in points leagues. He's a three-point specialist who's not hitting those at a high rate, and he's not doing anything else. It might seem abrupt to you. I think he's a drop. Like Much like when you talk about Boyan Bogdanovich earlier in the season, if your job is to hit threes and that's all you do and they're not going in, is the upside, which is limited, is the upside worth holding through worst performances in the league type level, which is what this is for Bertans? Thing is, a drop to me. He doesn't provide enough in other areas for me to get anywhere close to being excited. The Super Bowl. Who's going to watch it? Am I going to watch it? I don't even know if I'm going to watch it. Maybe I will. Coming up for me over the weekend, the Chiefs, the Bucks. But if you want to spice things up, if you want to put your knowledge to the test, there's only one place that has you covered. And there's one place that we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. I know there's some sort of bullshit prop bet there of how many times the TV will show Giselle Bunchen. Now, I couldn't give a shit about that, but hey, that's something you can take. You can make a bet on. But you know, I'm more interested in who's going to win. I think the Chiefs are going to win, so let's put a bet on them on BetOnline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. March Madness is a few months away. Actually, it's only a month and a bit away. But the future of the NBA is on display right now. Get a head start on next year's draft analysis by subscribing to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast. Draft guru Chad Ford has his first Big Board of the Year out with profiles on Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and more. Subscribe to Chad's Ford, Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast wherever you get potties. All right, let's move on to the next one. It is the Memphis Grizzlies going down to the Indiana Pacers, 116-134, and here it is. And I have absolutely no problem in saying this. Dylan Brooks played well. 25 points for Brooksy in 28 minutes. Three steals, one block, 56% shooting. Team worst minus 25, but otherwise fantastic. I still do not think Brooks is an NBA caliber starter. I do not think Brooks is a must-roster 12-team league player. But this, from a statistical accumulation point of view, was really good. The wave pool was pretty good as well. De'Anthony Melton, 12 and 6 assists, 2 blocks and a 3. Now, Taylor Jenkins is going to be a complete needle through our dick holes all season with his minutes, and it's going to frustrate me no end. But I'm adding him, and I'm seeing where it goes. Is Grayson Allen better than Melton? Of course not. But will he play more? There's a possibility. That is the worry. But add him, 
Scream at Jenkins later and then figure it out. The cashier, Xavier Tillman, had 12 points in 23 minutes with a pair of blocks. He's really going to be quite a good player, but he's going to go back to a backup soon. Well, this is a real buy low for Jar Morant. 10 points in 29 minutes, five assists, two steals, and a block, 20% shooting. But I'm going to couch it this way. Morant was amazing to begin the season, but I have seen plenty of players have significant, severe ankle injuries, return from them, often ahead of schedule, and then not be anywhere near the same player the rest of the way. So far, that has been the case for Morant. I don't know if that's going to be a long-term thing, but don't expect him to be the Morant that we saw pre-ankle injury. But he's going to be better than this. So instead of the Morant that you might have thought was a top 20 player, look at him as a top 50 player, top 45 player, which is better than the production he served up today. My man Desmond Bain had a big one. He also had a good game, 16 points in 26 minutes, three threes and five assists. Just another name to add to the list of players that are better than Dylan Brooks. The problem is him being good takes away minutes from DeAnthony Melton too. So there is a big conundrum there. Bain, really like him long-term. Just a nice deep league ad at this point. He's ranked higher than Davis Bertans this season, in case you weren't aware. Brandon Clark had a stinker, nine points there in 25 minutes. Still hold on to him, but his value will drop later on. And then Kyle Anderson, a real turd as well. Six points in 21 minutes in uh, uh, five assists, uh, sorry, five rebounds and two assists. He's still a hold. He's the 96th ranked player. And the return of Jackson's going to have the big impact on that whenever that bloody happens. For the Pacers, Miles Turner, I guess it is real. Five blocks, 22 and 11, three threes, shooting at an unsustainably, maybe just unbelievably high two-point rate, hitting threes, absolutely unlocked under Bjorkren, while Sabonis had 32 and 13 with five assists, and Jeremy Lamb, massive sell high as well. Not because I want to denigrate the performance that Lamb has put together coming back from his injury. It's been absolutely amazing. I like Jeremy Lamb a lot. But he shot 67% again, perfect on his free throws. His shooting numbers are completely unsustainable. He had 19 and 5 with 5 triples. I think he can you know, be a top 100-ish type of guy, especially in the short term. But he's the 59th ranked player in 26 minutes a night. He is not maintaining that level. So sell high. If you can get good value back, if not, write it out. 23 points for Brogdon in 29 minutes with 7 assists, while Justin Holiday had 10 points in 31. And how about the king of assists and steals? The streamer himself, Timothy John McConnell. Only 6 points. But seven assists, four steals, and just as a bonus, he gave you a block as well. He shit house in other areas, but assists and steals, you want him. TJ's got him for you, and he is not afraid to do it. How, how bad's Aaron Holiday, by the way? Six points in 18 minutes, 17%. He has taken that uh, continual, that you know, well-known third-year leap, maybe? It just goes to show that any of these things, rookie wall, set sophomore slump, second year breakout, they're all bullshit and they're all just used. It's like writing a horoscope. If you just say things often enough, eventually it'll apply to somebody. And he has taken a massive step back in his third season in the NBA here, Aaron Holiday. Um, I reckon that's about it for the paces there. I don't think we need to look at anything more. Yeah, that'll do it for us. All right, let's go on to the next game now. The Utah Jazz beat the Pistons 117-105. The Jazz were up massively, like 20-odd points in this one. And the Pistons came back to within one point. In the third, in the fourth quarter, the Jazz get away with the win, though. Jeremy Grant was great. 27 points, two triples, three blocks, elite efficiency, another 88% shooting night from the line. His free throw shooting has been fantastic this year. Also a big game from Josh Jackson. 30 minutes for Jackson, 22 points, three threes, two blocks, eight rebounds. He is definitely pushing back up. I would add him in points leagues. 
He had, what was it, 35 fantasy points in this one. He's pushing back towards being a 12-team league ad. Uh, I'd get ahead of the curve. Mason Plumley 17 and 14 was strong. Well, not a great night from Dillon Wright, but he did play 32 minutes. He did have four steals, only the one assist. And it was a weird one because uh, Derek Rose didn't play. I don't know why he didn't play. At the time of me recording this, which is straight after the game, I haven't heard. There was speculation from the beat reporters that maybe because this was supposed to be the second game of a back-to-back and Rose was going to sit out, they just said, screw it, we'll stick with the plan. Of course, that makes zero sense because Blake Griffin uh, would have been sitting this game out anyway and he started and played 29 minutes. Maybe Rose, because he's just been terrible, they just decided not to play him. It's a possibility. Um, 29 minutes for Griffin, 11 points, 31% shooting. Griffin is not a 12-team league player. You can drop him. While the Duke, Wayne Ellington, wow, uh, 18 minutes for the Duke, one of seven for three points. Has the Duke Ellington experience finished? Are they going to go back to Josh Jackson now? Dwayne Casey can't make up his mind with anything. So it is really tough to, um, it is tough to guess that. I would be okay with dropping Allington as a three-point specialist streamer. And if you wanted to add Jackson, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's always good when we're getting 11 minutes of Sadiq Bay and five minutes of McKay Luke and 12 minutes of Dumbaya, though. At least we got 16 minutes of Rod Magruder. Uff, mate, this guy, I can't understand it. As for the Pistons, Royce O'Neal, 12 and 13, three steals and a block. This bloke's a 12-team league player. Somehow, he is. He's not spectacular. He doesn't have high upside. But he's producing at a almost top 100 level. He's a 12-team league guy. Conley had 20 points and 5 assists, while Don Mitchell had 35 minutes, 32 points, and 6 rebounds with 4 triples. Someone said to me, man, what do I do with Mitchell? He's really struggling after coming back from his concussion. He'd played one game. This is his second game back from his concussion. I reckon he's all right. 32 points on 59% shooting, while Boyan Bogdanovich was another bad night for Bogdanovich until the end where he hit a couple of key shots and the line ends up okay. 18-3-3, four triples, 42%. He was at like 12 12 points and 33% shooting with about two minutes to go. Uh, Hit a couple of late ones there. Again, I think he's more of a streamer uh, in that Davis-Bertans type category. Gobert struggled 9-7 with three blocks. Not his best night at all. Well, Jordan Clarkson... Always a guy that I've talked about as a big regression candidate. It's coming at the moment. 22 minutes, 12 points. Shot well, but just didn't take any. No free throws, no rebounds, no assists, no steals, no blocks. Correction, one assist for Jordan Clarkson. Um, You know that I thought he was a sell high when Ingles was out and he was playing 30 minutes a night. Uh, Hopefully you're able to execute that. Look, he'll be fine. He's not a 12-team drop. He'll be in that 100 to 110 type area, but he's not that top 50 player that he was, uh, that people were flirting with thinking he was going to stick at. He is not that guy, I don't believe. Let's go on to the last game of the night. The Boston Celtics win over the Warriors, 111-107. Tatum has 27-9 in 38 minutes. He shoots 47% from the field on a 29% usage. Jalen Brown, 18-10. Hit his only free throw, but only 40% from the field. And the thing I've been talking about with Jalen being a regression candidate is the shooting numbers, it fell off here, and the usage, it fell back down again. These are not surprising things. Again, he has to share the ball with Kemba Walker, and since Kemba's returned, the usage has fallen. It's to be expected. Kemba was inefficient, but high usage, 28% usage for 19-7 and 5, 33% shooting. Three threes, he's going to sit out tomorrow's game. Well, Grant Williams, he was a big, big performer here 
with Marcus Smart out. 15 points in 27 minutes. He hit, had two blocks, hit all four of his shots. I wouldn't say that he's an ad in 12 or 14-team leagues, but he's at least a name to watch. While Daniel Tice is the 12-team league guy, 8 and 11 in 29 minutes. They did start Tristan Thompson. Thompson was 13 and 8 in 25 minutes and somehow still a minus 4, despite Daniel Tice being a plus 24. So that's interesting. Um, him and Jeff Teague are washed up. And they're going to get minutes to replace Marcus Smart for sure. Teague had nine points in 17 minutes, and maybe he's a stream for Wednesday with Kemba sitting out, but man, he is not good anymore. Rob Williams, the Rock DJ, only eight minutes for him. Not a foul trouble issue, just no blocks, no nothing. It's very hard to get behind him as a 12-team league player. I know there are people who will swear black and blue that he is the Celtics' best center. I will swear black and blue that they are wrong, but he can go out there and have those occasionally good games, but there's just too many guys that are going to fight for minutes to think that he has a consistent 17, 18-minute-a-night role. It just isn't there. It just it just isn't for him, unfortunately, because we know he's got <clears throat> that really strong fantasy talent. But if the minutes aren't there consistently enough, how do you rely upon it? The answer is you can't. For the Warriors, there was no um, uh, James Wiseman, Blunty, of course, and then Kavon Looney went out early. So who was their center? Well, they went to Draymond Green at center because the triangle Eric Pascal was struggling again. Five points in 14 minutes for Pascal. Jesus, he ruined my DFS lineup today. The one that I put out on the um, live stream, that finished 18th in a field of 713, by the way, that uh, lineup that I just put together for fun. And if it wasn't for Pascal, it would have been a lot better. Um, yeah, he's, he's he was shit house. The guy that stepped up was Juan Toscano-Anderson. 16 points in 27 minutes for Juan. He was on the field at the end, on the court at the end, hit a, a three to bring the Warriors close. In a deeper league, maybe he's worth a look. Kelly Oubre is terrible. He was a minus 25 in this game. 12 points in 26 minutes. This is the Oubre that I loved to shit on when he was a member of the Wizards, not the one who played well for Phoenix. Is he a 10-team league drop? Probably is. 12s? I don't know, man. It's still tough to do it. He's like around that 150 mark for the season, but just overwhelmingly, he looks bad in every game that he plays. And that's really tough to justify holding on. The minutes generally are there, but they closed with Bazemore over him because Bazemore was playing better. I don't know. I think if you're in desperate situation and you're in the bottom of the table and there's free agents out there and you want to stream spots in, I think he might be a guy to drop. Andy Wiggins was shooting 40% from three before today. Uh, today, he went one of six for 13%, but he'll be better than that. He's uh, sneakily a top 100 player this year. Not the best night though. 15, two and three for Andy Wiggins. Let's go and have a look at the top ads over the last 24 hours. The wave pool, De'Anthony Melton, 33% up. Makes sense, even though the minutes are going to be a confusing confusing thing all the way around. Flaming Mo Wagner. Flames 26% increase for Wagner. Didn't pay off today with Scott Brooks using the three-center rotation. Um, I'd probably persist a little bit with Wagner, but it wasn't great. Jeng was up 16%. That's a stream for today. I don't like that long-term. Reggie Jackson up 12%. Makes complete sense. And then Rob Williams up 11%. I guess that's a stream for today. You can go ahead and drop him if you added him. <coughs> Sorry, as I slowly die. The drops, Jared Vanderbilt down 10%. It is trending that way for sure. I'd probably hold a little bit longer. Alec Burks down 8%. Yeah, probably in most cases I'd hold as well, but I don't mind dropping him. Torian Prince down 8%, clear drop. Naz Reed down 7%. Um, Towns is out again for Wednesday. Reed should start, I would imagine. 
I'd look to add him back just for that one game. And then Otto Porter down six and a half. Yeah, I think he's a pretty clear drop as well. The monstrous line of the night is, of course, Fred Van Vliet. 54 points for Fred, 11 triples, three blocks. He's the 18th ranked player this year, averaging 20 points, four rebounds, six assists, and three and a half threes. An astonishing 1.8 steals, but also 0.7 blocks. Now, he's only shooting 42% from the field. So nothing that he's doing is completely unsustainable. Maybe the 88% free throw shooting, which is up to 90% over his last eight games, maybe that comes down somewhat. 38% shooting from three is not crazy. He's just this good. He is really, really good. The rookie of the night is Denny Avdia of the Washington Wizards. 13.7 rebounds and three assists. Avdia is now the 196th ranked player this year. He's shooting 45% from three, which I'm sure is going to tumble. 67 from the line and 47 overall, averaging 7, 4, and 2 on an 11% usage. Limited steals and blocks. He's starting, but the minutes are low. He's playing that Isaac Bonga, I'm a starter, but only in name uh, type role that uh, Scott Brooks loves to have for whatever reason. And Avdi is just that deeper league player. He could be a stream for Wednesday with Westbrook out, but no more than that. The top 10 players in point in category leagues, sorry, to start things off from Tuesday. Van Vliet at one, Curry at two, Irving at three, Miles Turner at four, uh, Kawhi Leonard at five, James Harden at six, DeMontis Sabonis at seven, Lillard at eight, Gary Trent at nine, and Kevin Durant at 10. And then for points leagues, it's Van Vliet one, Curry two, Leonard three, Sabonis four, Harden five, Irving 6, Turner 7, Lowry 8, Nikola Vucevic at 9, and Damian Lillard at 10. Let's now move across and uh, have a bit of a chat about some DFS stuff. Alright, so let's take a look now. Wednesday, there are 10 games on. Just go through some of the injuries that we know, the key things that we're looking at here. The first game is the Sixers and the Hornets. We know that Mike Scott is out again, but Joel Embiid is likely to be back for Philadelphia. He's probable. On the Charlotte side of things, PJ Washington is out. I wonder if they'll go and start Miles Bridges. I imagine that they will. Or could they go with a weird one and start like a McDaniels there? Regardless, Bridges should get that start. Or maybe they push Haywood up and they play three guards and put Malik Monk into the starting lineup. There's also the the question of what happens with Terry Rozier, who's questionable and sat out last game. So there's going to be more minutes for Bridges, for Ball, for Monk, most likely, maybe for guys like the Martins as well. More opportunity for Bismack Biombo as the backup center. Some real opportunities there. But with Rogier, if Rogier misses, then with that Monk and Lamello scenario, there's a lot to like there. The Pacers and the Bucks, uh, both uh, well, not both. The Pacers are on a back to back here. Don't imagine there's any injury issues cropping up there. And Milwaukee is pretty clean from injury, so that's good. There is a blowout risk in that game, though. Eight and a half point favorites the Bucks are. The Mavericks and the Hawks. DeAndre Hunter is out again for Atlanta, so Cam Reddish should get another start. The Mavericks are at full strength, so we should see Muxy Kleber starting again. Let's see if they bump his minutes up. But with Reddish getting another opportunity, Herder getting more minutes as well because of the absence of Bogdanovich too, they could become options, although they've been pretty poor over the last stretch of time. And by stretch of time, I mean the majority of this season. Herder may be an, an exception to that, but Reddish has not been at his best at all. The um, Rockets and the Thunder, some big ones here. John Wall is out for Houston, but Shea Gilgis-Alexander is out for the Thunder. George Hill is also out, so we're going to be getting Teo Maladon starting. Maybe we also get uh, Hamadou Diallo. Hamadou Diallo, that's better, a better pronunciation. Maybe he starts as well. 
some real value appearing from those blokes, especially Diallo, um, uh, for that Thunder team. The Knicks and the Bulls, Rivers is probable as is Nerland's Noel, while Otto Porter is probable for Chicago. Of course, still the same Wendell Carter Jr. is out, so no big things that we need to look at there. The Bulls are three-point favorites here. I should have mentioned it before. The Mavericks were one-and-a-half-point favorites over the Hawks, and the Rockets six-and-a-half-point favorites at this point. The Bulls are three-point favorites here, but it is a low total game, as most Knicks games seem to be. The thing we're wanting to know is how much is Emmanuel quickly going to play, but we're not going to get that answer uh, at any point pre-game. The Clippers and the Cavs, the Clippers are in a back-to-back. Now, Nick Batum did have a minutes restriction for Tuesday. He played through that. He reckons he will play coming back from a groin injury, but that remains to be seen. We also are just assuming at this point that Kawhi Leonard is playing in the back-to-back, but maybe that's not the case. Paul George also dealing with some conditioning issues, and maybe he isn't ready to go. So it could be some big changes for the Clippers in this one. So keep an eye on you guys like Patrick Patterson, Marcus Morris, Terrence Mann if he's pushed into a larger role. Still like Reggie Jackson here in this one, though. For the Cavs, Larry Nance is out again, while Andre Drummond is questionable. Now, of course, with him him missing last game, Jarrett Allen went bananas. I don't know what the hell they're going to do with minutes if uh, Drummond is back for this one, considering how well Allen played. Will it be 26-22? Will it be 30-18? and 18? It feels unfathomable that Allen would play only 18 minutes. But there's going to be a scenario where there is a minute squeeze, and it's going to make me probably want to fade both those blokes. The Wizards and the Heat back-to-back for the Wizards, so we're probably not going to see Russell Westbrook. Hull Neto is also out, so Ish Smith is going to step up. Garrison Matthews is going to have to step up into minutes as well. Denny Avdia will get more ball-handling opportunities. Um, The center spot, we've got Lopez, you've got Wagner, you've got Len, so hardly anything exciting there. Well, for the Heat, you've got Mo Harkless out again, as is Chris Silva, while Goran Dragic, Avery Bradley, Gabe Vincent, and Tyler Hero are all probable. No spread or total out for this game at this point. The Wolves and the Spurs. The Spurs are eight-point favorites, and the total is 223.5 points here. No towns, but Juancho Hernan Gomez is questionable. Now, that's going to have a ripple effect on guys like McDaniels and Vanderbilt and even Okogie and Edwards, who have been starting at the four, depending on how you want to define those guys' starting positions. We do know for the Spurs, LaMarcus Aldridge is out. So, Jakob Pertl is in play. Carl Anthony Towns is out. So, Naz Reed should be back starting. And D'Angelo Russell is questionable with that quad contusion. So, we might be getting Rubio and McLaughlin stepping up. But some real value opening up there with Pirtle on the Aldridge side of things uh, and Reed on the town side of things. And maybe even a McLaughlin-Rubio scenario. Edwards stepping up as well. There's lots to like in that one. The Suns and the Pelicans. The Suns are two-point favorites. And the total here is 223. Abdul Nadir is questionable, while Devin Book has popped back up as probable with a hamstring problem. Um, Cameron Payne and Dario Saric remain out for Phoenix, while Steven Adams is questionable. Now, last game, with Adams out, it was Billy Hernan Gomez who stepped up. Jackson Hayes started, but Hernan Gomez played better. Not sure if that will be the case here, but he does have a little bit more of a fantasy-friendly game than Hayes, so he would be someone that we'd keep our eye on. And then the last game of the day, we're looking at the Boston Celtics and the Sacramento Kings. There is a chance that Peyton Pritchard returns for this one. Danny Ainge is calling him, or Brad Stevens was calling him day-to-day, so he could return for this one. And with Marcus Smart out, he could find himself in a pretty sizable role straight away. They started the two big men on Tuesday, Thompson and Tice, and you'd imagine they'd go back to that combination once more. So maybe that opens up opportunities for Rob Williams in the second unit there too. Now, before I go, just some early value plays that I like. Diallo at 4,300 on Fangio. Eric Gordon at 49, I like. 
I like Baisley at 51, Pirtle at 48, Maladon at 48, uh, Jay Sean Tate at 39, Cody Zeller at 55, Avdir at 37, DeRozan at 72, Lamelo Ball at 66, Porzingis at 75. They're probably my best value plays of the day so far. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Give it a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below. Hit the bell for notifications, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.